Hi and welcome. So glad that you can join us again today from wherever you're watching from. My name's Andy Elms and I'm the lead pastor of Family Church. We had an incredible week last week. It was our Vision Sunday or what became our Mission Sunday where we stopped and we looked at the vision that God was giving us as a church but also as individuals for the year that lays ahead. It really was a vision that included us as a church, what we're believing for God to do in us and through us this year but also a vision for every individual, every follower for Jesus. The vision, the mission was simple. We're going to make this year a year where we run, not just run, but purpose to run our best lap yet. Many of us can look back on previous laps that we've run in our race of following the Lord. And we can say that was a good one or that was an average one. Sometimes we can look back and say that was a bad one. But let's forget what lays behind. Look ahead to this year and say, this year, Lord, I'm believing to be on the racetrack and running my best race for you with my church, but also the race that you've given me to run. I want to follow on today and look at the subject of are we ready to run? Because when we purpose in our hearts that we're going to run, an athlete will teach us that there's a number of things that we need to do to make sure or to ensure we're going to run the best race we've ever run before. So we're going to look to the word of God to give us some instruction of what we should be wearing, what we should be focusing on if we really, really want to make this year the best year that we've run for God yet. Firstly, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. We looked at this last week. Hebrews 12, we're going to read verses 1 to 2. It gives us some really good instruction concerning our attitude of running this race, looking at those who ran before us, but also looking at our race. That's our responsibility now. Let me read these verses to you. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd or a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's been marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the champion, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, but is now sat down at the right hand throne of God. Like we said last week, we read in those passages about the saints or the people of God that went before us and were faithful to their race. We also read about Jesus and the race that he ran for us. Because of his successful race, we now can know the salvation and relationship with God. But it leaves the focus, I believe, not on those who ran before us, not on Christ who ran his race so successfully, but now on us. And my first point, if we're going to run a good race, is simply this. Make sure you're on the track and you're in your lane knowing it's time to run. Because you can't run if you're sitting in what they would call in America the bleachers or the seating where a spectator watches a race. You can only run when you've moved away from being a spectator to being on the track saying, I'm going to run too. And I hope that your heart is stirred like mine to be on the track, knowing that the crowd that they speak of in Hebrews 12, they've run their race. They've had their turn. It's my turn now. It's your turn now. This is our lap of the race. God is looking at what we're going to achieve for him and his kingdom. 
So number one, make sure you're on the track. Make sure that you're in the right lane, that you're ready to run the race that God has given you to run. Like I said last week, God's not expecting you to run Billy Graham's lap or be in the track that Billy Graham was in. He's looking for you to know what he's asked of you and for you to be faithful with perseverance in that race, which is personally yours. Number two, seven things I'm going to share with you today. Number two, get dressed ready to run. You know, we can't turn up on the track of saying, God, we're going to run our best race if we're wearing what I would call lockdown slippers, the things that we were wearing in a previous season. The good news is I really believe that season of lockdown is over. We're now in the next, and in the next, God is saying to us, run, it's time to run, which means we all need to make sure we've packed away our lockdown slippers, that we're not sitting in our Netflix pyjamas, our quiet night in, outfit but rather we're putting the trainers and the running shoes on our life saying no no enough sitting around with slippers on enough sitting in comfortable um, night in pajamas I'm now getting on the trace I've got running shorts on I've got a running vest on and I'm making sure that my feet are wearing the correct footwear now when I think of the trainers we should be wearing you know often when you buy a pair of trainers they can have different brand names on them I wish that my trainers had written on them Issachar trainers because I'm reminded of, again, I've said this many times over the last few weeks, the verses in 1 Chronicles 12.32 where it speaks of the the sons of Issachar that were a tribe of Israel and it says that these people, these men, knew the time that they were in but also how they should respond. We need to be wearing trainers that have got Issachar trainers on them that say we know the moment we're in, that this isn't the moment to be sitting down with slippers because lockdown is still in place no 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 we're in the next now this is the moment where God's saying Issachar trainers get ready to know the moment you're in but also be ready to respond by having a run in your life regarding the king and his kingdom I love it when you read about the full armour of God in the book of Ephesians. It says, make sure that your feet are shed with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Again, that's saying to us, come on, have your shoes correct. Don't be wearing slippers. Don't be wearing things that were so last season. Make sure you've got the right footwear on. Footwear that enables you to run. Footwear that carries the gospel of Jesus Christ through your life to people that need to hear it. Now, number three, if you're keeping count, lose anything that slows you down or holds you back. Again, it really speaks strongly of this in the verses that we read in Hebrews 12. It says it this way. It says, let us all now throw off everything that hinders and the sin or a sin Um, that could easily ensnare or entangle. There's actually two categories of things mentioned there. Number one, there's that which can slow you down. Imagine if you were on the track, you've come out of the stands, you're on the track, you're in your lane, you're dressed to run, you've got your Issachar trainers on, but you've got a huge backpack filled with worry, anxiety, regrets, fears, doubts, unbeliefs. You may be wanting to run, but it's going to be hard to run 
done if you've got a backpack on. What what the book of Hebrews is encouraging us is get rid of everything that you could be carrying that could slow you down. Don't try and win a race wearing a backpack filled with stuff that God doesn't want you to carry. But then it also speaks of sins that can easily ensnare and entangle. Now, imagine you're on the racetrack, ready to run, you've got a backpack on, and you say, oh, yeah, I can't run with this stuff. You throw it off. But then also you find that there's someone on the track next to you holding you ensnaring you, entangling you. That's what the book of Hebrews is teaching us regarding sin. Now, when I speak about sin, I'm not speaking of some of the key sins like adultery or fornication. You know, God sees sin differently than what we see sin. Sometimes sin is pride. Sometimes sin is unforgiveness. So if we're going to be on the track with our trainers on, ready to run our best lap yet, we've got off the backpack filled with things like worry, anxiety, unbelief that weigh us down, but we've got someone holding us. That's going to make it hard to run because you're going to drag them with you. So what do we do? We come before the Father, like it says in First John, and we repent of sins that could slow us down, entangle us, ensnare us. When I think of that word, ensnare, I think of a, a bear trap or a trap they would use to catch a rabbit, something that locks onto you and stops you moving. That's what sins like pride and arrogance, um, sin like unbelief, unbelief is a sin, unforgiveness, those things can stop you running like you want to run. But the good news is that when we come before the Father and we confess our sins, he is able to forgive us and cleanse us and get us untrapped so that we can run our best race yet. All right, remember, we're on the track. We're in our lane. We're dressed to run. We've got rid of the baggage. We're not letting any sin hold us back. Next, we've got to make sure that we set our focus correctly. Again, Hebrews 12 gives us a perfect instruction with this. It says that we're to set our eyes. It says in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Not enjoyed the cross, endured the cross, because he could see what was the other side of the cross. That was me and you, born again, back in the family of God. But do you notice it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Anytime there's a good race, you'll often have someone called a pace setter. When people are training to run, there'll be a pace setter. And all the runners look at the pace setter and he determines the pace that they race at. Jesus is our pace setter. He's the one who's gone before us. He's the pioneer. When I looked up that word um, champion or pace setter in the Bible that's used in the book of Hebrews, this is the definition. The chief leader, the prince of all, the one who takes the lead, the pioneer. So when we set off to run our best race, we need to make sure that we fixed our eyes on our pace setter. Who's our pace setter? Jesus Christ. Now, the good news is that when we set our eyes on a pace setter, often our lives become a pace setter for people who are following us or watching us as we're going after Christ. And that's not wrong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, the Apostle Paul made this statement. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Isn't that awesome? It's like he was saying to the people around him, I've made Jesus my pace setter. 
He is setting the pace in my life. But feel free to follow me as I follow him. What Paul wasn't saying was come and follow me. He was saying follow me as I chase hard (coughs) after Jesus. So that's number four. Make sure that we've made Jesus our pace setter. You know, in Portsmouth, we used to have this area that's not there anymore. And it used to be a greyhound racing track. They used to race greyhounds there. And I'm sure you've seen this on the movies. But when it comes to greyhound racing and other types of racing, often involving animals, often there'll be a rabbit on a track that they let off first before they release the dogs. That rabbit is a pace setter. And when the dogs come out of the traps, when the gates open and the greyhounds come out, they all lock on to this little fluffy artificial rabbit that's ripping its way around the track. And that sets the pace that they run at. We need to make sure that we're not looking at some fluffy bunny rabbit, especially at Easter, but we're looking at Jesus. And we're saying, Jesus, you be my pace setter. And as I run after you, Lord, you will determine the pace of my next lap. But also the way I run after you could inspire others to run their best lap also. Now, I know we're moving quick, but these are all good points concerning, all right, you want to run your best race. Here's some great tips from the Bible on how to do that. Now I want to move away from uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and go to 1 Corinthians and look at what it says in chapter 9. Because again, it speaks to us of running our race. But this time, it basically says run to win. Run to win. Now, when we run this race for God, we shouldn't run just to be in the race. We should run to win. As a church, family church, in our physical locations and our online congregation. We don't just want to take part. We want to run to win. We want to win people to Christ. We want to, we want to win our nation to the Lord. We want to have a win in our heart, not just a let's take part. And I really believe that's what you hear Paul say when you read these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, reading in verse 24. It says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run? But only one gets surprised. The good news is with our races, everyone gets surprised. There's a winner's crown for everyone who completes the lap that God gave them to run. But then it says, run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, an earthly reward. It says, but we do it to get a crown which will last forever. Again, that word crown, like we learned last week, is not diadem, a crown that belongs to Jesus, but Stephanus, the the word that means the winner's crown that belongs to every person that took part and won in their race. And it says we run to take a hold of a crown that lasts forever. Isn't that amazing? You see people today living life in this very real world that we live in, And everything they're doing is trying to get something of reward in this life. Yet, like the Bible says, they could could win the whole world, but the sad thing is lose their soul. Let's be a people that love when God blesses us in this life, but the run of our life isn't to gain awards or things that this life can give us, but rather the winner's crown that's handed to us by Christ himself. And we'll finish off our time together by looking at those verses again a little bit later on. 
But he says, therefore, verse 26, I do not run like someone <clears throat> running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beat in the air. No, I strike a blow to my body or the flesh, and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I may myself not be disqualified from the prize that God has for me. What's Paul saying? He's saying, come on, we're on the track. We're running this race. Let's not just run it because we have to. Let's not just do bare minimum, but let's train. Let's pray the best we can. Let's get reading the word of God the best we can. And then it says, come on, let's beat our flesh into submission. Let's make our flesh. Let's make the flesh of who we are. We're fasting at the moment, aren't we? That's a really good way of doing this, silencing the flesh to hear what God's saying. But basically what Paul's saying is, come on, let's get fit for the race. Let's lose the baggage. Let's untangle ourselves from sins that shouldn't be holding us. But also, let's be fit. Let's set our eyes on Jesus, but let's purpose on our hearts, in our hearts. This is going to be the best race ever. I am going to win this year. I may not have won in, in, in 2011. I may not have won in 1979. But by the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, this year I am going to win the lap that God has got for me to run and I'm going to help my church to win as well. So, okay, so number five, run to win. Don't run just to be in the race. Run to win, Okay. And then number six, <clears throat> don't let anyone or anything cut in on you. Again, we can look to another passage of scripture where Paul speaks to the Galatian church and he says to them, don't let anything cut in on you. If you go to the book of Galatians, chapter five, verse seven, Paul says this to the church, you were running a good race. You'd left the traps. You'd left the blocks. You were tearing around the track. You were going for the prize. Paul says you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and stopped you? The reality is God knows you want to run your best race. You're setting your heart to run your best race. But also there's a baddie on the track. The enemy is going to do everything. When I say enemy, I'm talking about the devil and his assignment and intention for your life. He doesn't want you to win your winner's crown. He wants you not to get it. God wants you to get it, but he can be on the track sometimes, throwing distractions at us, cutting in on us. Have you ever seen in a, a race that's involving cars, maybe Formula One, suddenly a car's in front, and then out of nowhere, another car cuts in on them. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He it wants to do to you. He wants to cut in on you. He wants to stop you running your race so well. You need a purpose in your heart. You're not going to let him. One of the ways I'm going to stop him cutting in on me is I'm going to run faster than him. He's going to stay behind me. I'm not even going to give him chance to come alongside me so he can cut in. Be conscious that you have an enemy to your soul. He doesn't want you to win. And he's coming up with plans to distract you, to to cut in on you, to take your attention off of staring at Jesus, making Jesus your pacemaker or, or your pace setter. It can be your pacemaker. He'll make you come back to life, but also your pace setter. Be aware. Paul said it this way. 
Don't be ignorant concerning the devil's devices. But if you're purposing to run your best lap for God yet, he's got a plan to try and cut in or distract you. Live beyond his plans. Let the Holy Spirit cause you to be far beyond him so he can't even touch you in this year. Come on, somebody say an amen. All right, number five, number six, and finally, number seven. See the crown. And this is where we ended off last week. But I just want to end up on this again because I think it's so powerful. See the crown that's waiting for you at the end of the race. You see, like it said in the passages we read earlier from Corinthians, people in this life run to receive an earthly crown that doesn't last for eternity. Where God is saying to us, run to receive the winner's crown that Christ himself is going to give to you. I really believe, like we read in Hebrews, it says of Jesus, for the joy that was set beyond the cross, he endured the cross. He never enjoyed the cross. The cross was brutal. But when Jesus was on the cross, he was looking at the finishing line of his race, which was the sons and daughters of Adam who had been lost able to return when we're running our race this year there may be times when it's hard there may be times when we hit a wall there may be times where it's not easy to keep running let's keep our eyes on the prize that waits the other side of the win of the winning line again we can read about this in second timothy if you've got your bibles turn again to second timothy and we'll read these verses as we close but what i'm saying is there's a crown that belongs to you for running the race that you run for God. You are not called to run my race. I have my track on the racetrack. You have yours. Now, we all have a common one. The Bible says that we should run according to the, the track that's marked out for us. That's what it said in the book of Hebrews. But the reality is what God is asking of you, he may not be asking of me. Know what God is asking of you. Purpose to stay in your track and run your best race with your eyes set on him. And if you do that, you will receive the crown that it speaks of here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, where it says of Paul, this is Paul's statement, for I've been poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. He's talking about the end of his race, as in the end of his life. But then he makes this powerful statement, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, the winner's crown, which the Lord, the righteous judge, Jesus, will award to me on that day. And then these powerful words follow. And not only to me, but also to all who have lived with a longing for his appearing. Paul speaking of you and me in the race that's unique to us for the race that needs to be run in 2022. He's saying, understand that it wasn't just him who received a crown for the life he lived for Jesus here on earth, but also there's a crown stored up for you. So this year, if the race gets hard, if things are trying to cut in on you, if you hit a wall and you feel you want to quit, don't quit. Keep on running. What will keep you running when you see that crown with your name on it, the other side of the finishing line? So I hope this has helped today. 
We've spoken of a journey that belongs to every athlete if they want to win a race. We've come out of the benches. We're no longer spectating. We've got our running shoes on. We've got rid of the baggage that can slow us down. We've unfixed ourselves from things like unforgiveness, pride, arrogance, that can be the sins that ensnare us and stop running our best race. We fixed our eyes on Jesus and made him our pace setter. We're running to win this year. And we're also all running to get our crown, the crown that belongs to each of us uniquely for the life that we chose to live for Christ on this earth. I'm believing that everyone that's in family church, where we meet physically in our online congregation, and for you who are watching today, maybe this is your first time of tuning in and watching our online service, that something will click in your heart, that you would say, putting behind me the laps of my yesterday, I turn up on the track to run my very best race for God ever. This is my year. I'm not going to be held back from the condemnation of former years, but I'm going to set my eyes on the pace setter, the pioneer, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to follow hard after him. This year I'm going to win. I believe this is going to be an incredible winning year for you as individuals, but also for us as a church family. Come on, let's run, let's run, let's run. Let's take the advice of what Paul taught in the New Testament, what we read in the book of Hebrews, and let's be athletes that are on the track, ready to run, and we're running to win. The Lord bless you. Have an incredible week. Amen.